Hi, everybody. Welcome to the World Cup lot, the Rugby League World Cup 2022 podcast, kindly brought to you by ACDMB, who are a branding and creative design agency based in Farsley, Leeds. They create standout brands. So if any companies out there or rugby league clubs need a new standout brand, a new logo, a company refresh, a brand refresh, just get in touch with ACDMB. Thanks, as always, to them for sponsoring us. I'm just going to say now, I am at some stage going to call this podcast the Lot Pod. So just be aware. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Joining me as always, Statman Reese. How are you? Good week? Yeah. Good, thank you. Busy week as always, but yeah, good. Really, really, really busy. Just um, for those, we are live on YouTube as always. Please do subscribe to us. Uh, just search the Lot Pod. We need more subscribers. It's been decided. I think we've got about 128. Is that loads? I feel like it's loads to us. I feel like it's loads. When I said it to Harriet, she's like, well done. I said, thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's what my mother-in-law does when we talk about our wedding. In fact, my mum does it as well. Yeah. Oh, that'll be lovely. That'll be nice. Well done. Well done. Can you just... So we are live on YouTube and... Behind you, Reese. what do you have? Two great big... I have two massive new roundels. Um, the amazing Andy Simpson, who listens to the podcast, who you might know as Max's dad, who runs a signage company, uh, told me that... I, I slightly took offence to this, Andy, that my book, my background is boring. So he uh, took it right, himself right, to make some new roundels for us, which, one, I weren't expecting to be that big. They're massive, but I love them. Um, so one of these is yours, Lottie. We've just got yes. to work out how to get it to you. We'll have to, yeah. Hopefully yeah, going to get another one. So in future, you'll see a much better background. But I think big thank you to Andy mm. for our new roundels. Thanks a lot, Andy. Andy from Fast Signs. We should probably say his company. <laughs> yeah, well, probably should, yeah. No, he shouldn't. He hasn't sponsored us. Oh, that's true, yeah. Sponsor us, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reese, who have we got on today's podcast? Um, got rugby league pioneering podcast Andy from Loose Forward. I agree, yes. Uh, and then we've also got the legend that is uh, Andrew Foster as well. I so agree, yes. Now. Evening, gents. Good, Good evening. evening. Are you both well? Yeah, not bad. Done a few miles last uh, last weekend, but yeah, now ready to go with this. Um, been enjoying the World Cup and it's, yeah, plenty to talk about. It's been brilliant, and it? Uh, just, I think my best place to start is, of course, England, France. Not England, Samoa. England, France. Um, were you impressed with this? Uh, first of all, Andy, you can be Andy. Andrew, you can be Andrew. Is that okay to clear that up? Yeah, Andrew. <laughs> right, yeah. Andrew, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andrew Foster, yeah. Andrew, were you impressed with this England? Uh, performance is it? Were there any changes in the squad? I think Mark Sneed came in, Andy Ackers, maybe another at Ryan Hall. Were there any performances there that could force the way into like a bigger game? I mean, you look at the scoreline, you'd say the Samoa, the Samoa seventeen is the one that that's got to be got of precedence. Um, oh. I think we, you know, we've got another sight of Victor Radley and what what he can do. We've got Dom Young, obviously, again, uh, showing that he he probably has to has to start in the big games. I don't know. I mean, how much can you read into to these games to an extent? They're like the chances of France actually winning that man that match were pretty minimal, and then that makes it quite a hard game to judge things off. Uh, going by the first 30 minutes of each half, you'd say, well, England pretty much similar to to the previous weekend, but those two last 10, 15 minutes or so, a little bit of a wobble, I guess. Mm. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a massive amount uh, away from it, really. Uh, I, I suspect Wayne knows who he wants to pick in the semi-final already, if I'm brutally honest. Andy, how did you see it? Yeah, it's a difficult one, I think, because, I mean, I went yesterday and you go to the game before thinking, well, we're going to win. And in yeah. that case, it makes it difficult because you never, because France really haven't been competitive for a number of years, have they? Mm -hmm. So you go and then 
18 nil, you think floodgates are going to open. Yeah. And then we sort of switch off for the last, what, 15 minutes of the first half, let's say. Yeah. And then second half, I wouldn't say business as usual, or, or the, but the, the improved, they stopped, uh, they looked after the ball a little bit better. They did the basics better and they ran away comfortable winners. But I think, like Andrew said, I think he, he knows what he wants to play. I think we saw that the Samoa game last week when, you know, if you look at the, the bookies beforehand, they were, you know, plus the two points favourites. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look at that and you say, right, okay, well, in that case, he's going to put out his strongest 13 in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there'll be a few more changes next week. I would think people like Joe Batchelor would come in. Uh, you know, um, Akers would probably start, things like that. But I think when it gets to the quarterfinal, which is looking, um, which is looking like what PNG, I think at the minute, PNG probably at the moment, yeah. yeah then I think he's going to be back to what what Andrew said, which is about the seventeen uh, that played against Samoa. Because I don't think we had any injuries or anything, did we, going into that game? Was anybody missing that was? No, he's going to come in. I, I, I can't. I, I can't. There's see. no injuries so far that I'm aware of. No, so I think he's going to. I think it'll be a. a if, if everyone's fit, then I think it'll be a one to seventeen as he played against Samoa. Yeah. What, Do you agree with that, race? Um, one thing I take away from it that Wayne is clearly a grub because he turned Aledsky <laughs> into a horrible person. Who's <laughs> what was that about? Aledsky never That's did not that. Mick That's not the Aledsky that I love. Yeah, that isn't him. Turned him into a grub within one week. Yeah, a week um, on the Sean Wayne. What is that? Yeah. Rowan will knock that straight out of him. Carry on, sorry. But um, I, I do think Galinsky is going to get a ban for that, by the way, because it did look a bit nasty. Um, yeah. I think one of the main things I take from that game is that a bit, a bit like Andy says, you go into the game knowing that 99% England are going to win that game. I think this game between England and France is really important. I think it has to become an annual thing because it, it mm. it's going to help France grow. We want France to grow as a team so we have a better international tournament in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and I think they are growing. Um, but the atmosphere lifted in that ground any time Dom Young got that ball. Yeah, any time yeah. they kicked and it came to Dom Young, you could almost feel the crowd about to stand on their feet because they knew with anticipation something was going to happen. And Andy, you were there. Um, it just, it's just so exciting to watch. What I would, what I would do to have another these Rhinos team is just, mm. I, I don't, I'd go very far. How is it? Where were it? So, but so, Huddersfield, Huddersfield, yeah. yeah. How has someone of that pedigree, at such a young age, slipped through the net? Mm. I think. What's what's impresses me about him for him is how quickly he gets into his stride. Yeah, yeah. Considering you know, I mean, some wingers like he yeah. must have long legs. Yeah. And within <laughs> a couple of steps, he's, he's gone. Much, he's gone, he, isn't he? He's, he's nearly he's, at full he's, pace. He's a little bit like Ado Carr in that respect. He gets the ball, boom, he's gone within within two or three strides. He's gone. Whereas some wingers take ten yards to get into the stride, don't they? But he he's more of that 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 initial burst, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's got better hair as well. Huh. <laughs> I, I genuinely didn't think he got enough credit for that um, that first try last week against mm. Samoa, where there was so much. On the one hand, he was put away really nicely in acres of space, but there was plenty of cover there. Had there was, to do. There was yeah. a lot of work still to do on that. I agree. And for him to end up scoring, you know, without a hand on him, was was just remarkable. Um, yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, we've talked for a long time about wanting a a big-name player, someone that people outside the game know. He's the obvious person for that, uh, I, I would suggest. But we'll see whether whether that gets actually translated into reality. 292 metres, by the way. <laughs> right, well... I mean, I, I'm a bit worried about these numbers coming out of the World Cup because very rarely <laughs> will you'll see someone get over 200 metres in Super League. And then when I'm doing the stats around one last week, I, I had to knock people off the top five that were like scoring 210. Like he's eight metres or 300 metres in one game. <laughs> like I, I, there must be a different thing in the back. I don't know what, I'm, or it just shows the difference in the quality. Um, yeah, that's but it. I think there's a real, I think there's a real problem at winger now because if you play Ryan Hall, He's, he's guaranteed to score at least a try because he's playing for England. Because that's what that just—that's just so normal, don't you think? Like Ryan scoring for England, it's just yeah. 
meant to be. Meant to yeah, be. it was. And but Ryan carries so well out of uh, out yeah. from the back as well. Um, I I think the only selection heading going forward is is the wingers. I think pretty much nearly everything else. I know John Bateman's probably going to play um, anyway, but my the only thing I would change from the Samoa game. No, I don't think I would actually. I think I'd probably prefer Makinson over Ryan Hall. You just convinced yourself then. We could see. Yeah, see I'm just working it out in my head now. But I, I don't think there'll be much changes. But I've, again, I thought George Williams played great. I didn't yeah. think Mark Snee played that well. I think it showed the difference between. I showed how good Wellsby is in that role. And I think Wellsby mm. and Williams go much better together. Um, and Williams, again, was brilliant. I mean, Warrington fans. Getting the Cambria Raiders. We had George Williams. Uh, I had a I had an analogy for you lot on this, which was with Williams. There was a lot of question marks about Williams. A lot of people say, you know, not expecting a lot from him. Um, yeah, no, but um, but if you remember, like in the nineties, Gary Schofield was Great Britain's standout player, probably, yeah. and also part of a underperforming Leeds team for the most for the mm-hmm. most for the most part. You know, ninety mm-hmm. two. Like around that sort of 1992 time where he was winning test matches against the Aussies, yeah. it wasn't necessarily translating into his club team doing well. So maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised that Williams in a different environment. I mean, it sounds like like it's, what's gone on at Warrington this year, I, I don't know who could have really sort of thrived in that environment. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I think um, I'm, I'm glad for him that He's now in a cohesive team, and he's and he's able to show what he can do. Problem is, he's got to go back to Warrington after this. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I hope yeah. he's not in this yeah, form. New for life in the Daryl Parrell season two. It's all going to change. <laughs> do you not think you kind of touched there, Reese, on who who may who perhaps was forced away in for the bigger games? Andy Acker's Andy. Did, did you see enough from Andy Acker's? To think that Wayne might have a bit of a selection headache there at Hooker. I saw enough, but I don't think there'll be a selection headache. Mm. Um, you know, he's firmly nailed his um, Macalorum colours to the mast, hasn't he? Really, Wayne. Yeah. Um, mm. And he and he's only got and he's only, I think he's only, he's only got two hookers. I think hasn't he in the whole squad? Yes. So uh, you know you can sort of guarantee that I think Macalorum will start and Akers will probably be. Well, will he be on the bench? I don't know. I don't, was he on the bench with the Samoa game? I don't think he was, was no, he? No, he wasn't. No, it was no, just, it went just Bradley there, didn't it? Mm. So I think, you know, um, I think Acker's played really well yesterday. He, he was dynamic from acting half. Um, his distribution was good. Uh, he, he, he took the opportunity to scoot forwards. I thought he played really well, but mm. he's not going to start the bigger games. It's as simple as that. Yeah, he won't get him. We'll get him. I mentioned big... fault for one of the tries, wasn't he? As well, was yeah, uh, Akers, uh, yeah, was a bit JP took him out pretty badly on the <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that'll affect things going forward, but yeah, <laughs> I just think with the strength that you've got on the in that pack, particularly when you can put Luke Thompson, I thought Chris Hill was brilliant again, and I think yeah, the game changed a bit when Chris Hill went off. Um, but Luke Thompson, you know, he got 163 meters, you know, um, I mean, a lot of tries, well. Yeah, yeah, unless he got 123, but he won't be playing next week anyway. But I thought, and I really hate to say this because I really don't like him, but I we were generally weaker without Michael McLaurin, and that really hurts me to say. Really? I just don't like him. No, I know, we hate him. <laughs> yeah, we are. I just, yeah. Nick him up. Yeah. Duncan loves him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we've got a real, we kind of, Reese touched on it there, mentioned... Dominic Young being a, a superstar. I think another superstar from this World Cup is Victor Radley. What have you made of him, Andrew? And do you think England should kind of look at these Aussies more? Because to me, if it gets us closer to beating the Aussies with a yeah. couple more Aussies, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a debated sort of thing, hasn't it? I think, well, yeah. Radley in particular... Um, England, Great Britain have done better when they've had that sort of talismanic, like big lad who can who can play a bit as well. You know, yeah. so Stulthorpe, Burgess, Farrell. Now, you know that 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 step and putting Thompson in for that try 
I mean, we know that he he can mix it uh, with with the Aussies and the Kiwis because he does it every he does it yeah. every week. It's bread and butter. Um, do we? It is a tough one. I, I think um, I don't. I'd, I'd be really interested how the whole heritage thing sort of plays out. Turns out he he's got a story. He's got a sort of pretty convincing narrative as to why he wanted to play for England mm. and his connection with his dad and what have you. I think I do understand where where it is where someone doesn't have a sort of meaningful connection with the country, but it, it makes sense for sort of professional reasons, for financial reasons to play for a country. I can understand why people would question that. Um, but, you know, my preference would be for more Dom Youngs, so more young people yeah. going out to Australia and getting the benefit of what I think we have to concede is probably a better youth setup than we have currently. Um, that's not an excuse not to sort our youth set out, but in the short term, um, getting some of our, our our best young players out there um, flourishing in the NRL like Dom Young has, and then and then they can put on an England shirt and <laughs> yeah, thank the Aussies for the uh, for the schooling by by taking the World Cup or an Ashes off them. That that I think that would be the. The, the short-term solution, then hopefully we get, you know, we get up to speed over the next 10, 15 years and, and it's less of a consideration. How do you see it, Andy? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've got a, not a problem with it, a slight, a, an issue, I suppose, in that Victor Radley, we've heard about Sean Wayne saying, well, he convinced me because he made this phone call mm. and he really, you know, he really wants to play for England. And I know he's injured, right now, but Jackson Hastings put his hand up a couple of years ago and has never altered from the fact that, no, I want to play for England, I want to play for England, I want to play for England. But Sean Wayne was really key, I think he was really quick to dismiss him mm. in the train on squad and everything. That The two yeah. don't quite add up to me. And then the other one that was in that situation was that was that Great Britain winger, uh, Blake Austin, wasn't it? And I've not really, I've not really heard much about whether you know where where his sort of loyalties lie, if you like. But um, but the 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 interesting one is the is the Radley and the Hastings situation. Um, Mm. I don't, I I mean, don't get me wrong, he's played fantastic in the in the two games. He's played really really well. Um, Not quite sure where that leaves Morgan Knowles. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like you know he's well respected in Super League you know everyone everyone raves don't about Morgan Knowles don't they in Super League and now he's not getting a look in because of Radley in what in one sense I haven't got a problem with that in another sense I'm like well okay where does that leave him and his development as a you know as a future you know Great Britain international or whatever mm-hmm. so Reese I, I kind of feel a bit conflicted a bit like Andy like I don't want. I don't want us to cherry pick people to make England look better, which then just stop stopping opportunities for young English players. Um, but I think it's clear thing with Radley that England are a much better side with Radley in that team. Mm. I know you mentioned Morgan Knowles. I, it's not, not a comparison for me, but Radley is he's outstanding. Mm. But for me, what I'm enjoying about this World Cup is you've got people genuinely really proud to represent their heritage. So if you've got someone calling out saying, no, I want to play for England, these are the reasons why. And they are legible. I, I, I'm I'm up for it, but I don't want my team to come full of us. I like our England team at the moment because there is only one of those people. The rest of it is English talent. Mm. Mm. Is that any is that any different from the Tongans and the Samoans, for example? No. Yeah. What do you mean in terms of in terms of heritage or? and being being proud to play for that heritage? You know, yeah. when they when they're well, choosing Samoa over Australia, for example, yeah. because they can. I mean, New Zealand and Australia in both codes have cherry-picked the Pacific Islands for years in both Union and League. Um, I mean, I've seen some, when when they've done it in Union, when you see what if they play for the place of birth, Tonga arguably one of the best reunion sides in the world at some point. So, you know, it deserves New Zealand and Australia right not to have those players playing for them because they've been cherry-picking the best of the Pacific Islands and stunting their growth for years. So if you've got someone that's generally proud of where they come from, and and there's no question about the pride because you see the... Fiji players when they're doing their hymn, which is just awesome, and then the others when they're doing the representative war dances as well. You can see they've got the pride and heritage in it. Um, so 
I've got I've got no issue with it as long I think for me when especially for the Pacific Islands because we wouldn't have as good a tournament at the moment if if that was the case. And it is it is difficult. Look, I I lived in Sydney for a year. Like one of my best mates from over there is like the sort of truest blue like Aussie hating Kiwi that you could ever meet. But he lived in Australia um, all you know, uh, for a long time and certainly longer than his, you know, uh, it, both his kids have been born and bred in Australia. Mm. And so his kids be, you know, so they would have the sort of Tony Carroll issue qualified for both. And it's honestly a, a matter of personal choice. Um, like it can only be, you know, it, it is a really, I think this is something that actually the international rugby league uh, needs to sit down and it's not something that can be sorted out in a in a morning. They need mm. to do some serious research and some serious thought as to how we're going to deal with this because international sport is a is a Victorian invention, and now it's twenty twenty. You know, like we're now, <laughs> you know, it's now twenty twenty two. We're a lot of prime prime ministers <laughs> on from from then. Um, Might be another one in a minute. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it, it's. Oh, a bit of satire. I knew Andrew were going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to we we got to sit down and and think. You know, it is difficult. You know, it's no one's. You know, it's not on rugby league to to sort of square the circle and solve some of these you know impossible questions about identity uh, and 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 how you know people fit in within society. But they've got to have their best go and think very hard. You know, some of the controversies that came up, I think, came up because people hadn't thought hard enough about, you know, for example, what it means to have a Jamaica side where, yeah. you know, there are some some players who are born and live in Jamaica, but the majority of those are part of the Jamaican diaspora. And 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 the fact that, you know, when, when it all kicked off with the Eddie Hemming comments, you know, Ross Peltier said... You know, I've 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 been hearing this all you know all my life. He is entitled. You know, I think people are entitled to feel very strongly about multiple countries, and they clearly do. Um, and 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 so this eligibility issue, I think, actually, in the end, you know, we want to take sport seriously, but it has to actually, you know, <laughs> we have to think about the sensitivities around pigeonholing people and 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 telling them where where they go. I think as much as possible, we have to allow people to say, explain themselves, what, what they feel and who they think they are. Yeah. Could I go back to the game in a second? But you are right, because I'm born in Leeds, but obviously my mum my is Welsh and all their family is Welsh and I've been brought yeah. up with it. So if I had a choice, I told you I'd get it out at one point. <laughs> if I had a choice, yeah. I'd choose these bit because that's my personal perspective. That's who I yeah. want to play for because yeah. that's where the pride sits in me. Um, the French team then from Saturday... Anyone stand out for you in the French team? Sangaré. Yeah, there we go. That's the line I was going to put up. You're going to listen to this podcast, gents. Welcome to the lot pod. <laughs> I thought Sangaré was immense. Yeah. Hey, Jen, and... no, do, you, do you both agree? I thought when he came off, he should have come back on a lot sooner. Well, yeah, I did see that suggested. Should have got more minutes. Mm-hmm. I guess there's always that question. I mean, like, Gigo. Like made a really nice try at the end. Yeah, he did. Uh, if you know, G, the, it, consist, you know, if Gigo could be consistent, then he could win a man of steel. Mm. <laughs> but, but that seems a big if. Um, I guess we. I, I think the interest. I was thinking when Reese was saying about England France games going forward. They France were playing a very strong England, even though they were using a few other other players it's it's the full England side and actually if they were playing England mid-season then they don't likely have all the NRL players mm. and that's prob that's possibly a better England for France to play at this stage of their mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. like it's big ask for them off the back of you know one one established Super League team one team that came up and, and went straight back down and then, uh, you know, what is still quite a junior competition compared to compared to what you what you have in England. Um, mm. But there's there's definitely room for for hope there. There's definitely room. 
and that's what we want, isn't it? Really, a a competitor with England that isn't on the other side of the world that we can that we can go and play um, consistently. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without it, without a twenty four hour flight. <laughs> Any French players stand out for you, Andy? Um, I always think Marg looks um, a live wire. Um, yeah. I think he's, I like he's, got, a really, he's yeah, got a really good rugby brain on him, hasn't he? And mm. um, just picking up on what Andrew said, then I mean, um, I mean, don't forget they're probably missing their their number one scrum half in, in Theo Farge. Theo Farge, yeah. So mm. he's he's missing for them, and and when they miss somebody like that, that's a massive impact on someone like France, isn't it? Compared mm. to you know if you know if if we miss William Sneed, yeah. yeah, you know we've got somebody that we've got somebody that could step in France. Haven't really, have they? Um, so that's a big thing for them. But Morg looks—he looks a real live wire. Um, I do like the—he uh, played centre yesterday. Uh, uh, Julien, I do like him as well. Mm. Um, I think he's—I think he's a good player. And and you know what you're going to get in terms of leadership and and uh, and some hard yards and some really and some strong defence out of Garcia as Garcia. well. Garcia, yeah. Yeah, uh, mm. I, I do like him. I, I like him in Super League every week. I think he's. Uh, uh, I think he's top quality, mm. um, but they need a lot of good, it's too yeah. There. They need more of them, don't they? Yeah. Yes. They do. Yeah. I mean, there's Absolutely. only three players in that French squad that aren't playing for either Catalan or Toulouse. Yeah. Which for me is why it was really important that Toulouse stayed up, but obviously they're not. Yeah. They're not, and I, I hope to see them back. But there's a lot of players in there that I would quite have a look at for the Rhinos side. And you know, and I think Arthur Morgan would have lots. I'd love to see Garcia yeah. or Julien. Um, it was even a pair I really liked as well. Uh, Morgan Esquire, I always quite like as well. And, and yeah. Alex de Costa. So I'd like, I genuinely think that a stronger France is better just for everyone. Yeah. It is. It is. Have you got any more stats, Reese? Um, I've been a bit busy this weekend, so uh, I haven't had a chance to look at them. So I will have a quick look now. I mean, there's the meters wise, it's massive. I mean, obviously, I mentioned earlier Dom Young, 292, Ryan Hall, 236, Herbie Farnworth. 176, and I think we haven't spoken about it a bit this week, have we? <laughs> I just feel like he's been a bit overshadowed by Tom Young. Was the other young was class? Um, who else we got there? Victor Radley, 162 meters, Luke Thompson, 163. So there's a lot of meterages there. Uh, Ryan Hall broke seven tackles, uh, which is the most in the day. Andy Ackers broke four, actually. Um, and then loads of players contributed with line breaks, so there's too many to count in there. Um, and then tries wise, obviously, you've got Ryan Hall with two, Dominic Young with two. Again, assists were spread throughout the team as well, which is what I really like to see. So, nothing really other than that. I think it's quite hard when, when it is one side, the stats are quite hard because yeah. everyone yeah. looks great. <laughs> everyone <laughs> had a good game. <laughs> there was one moment that um, really struck me when Farmworth, we put a kick in. I can't remember which French player collected it, uh, but it was close, close, but not that close to the touchline. Farmworth hit him. Dragged him to the ground and then just like kept going and rolled him into rolled him into touch. It was like touch. a mini version of Talis on Hodgson, like less spectacular. But the second I, I was, it made me think. Someone was saying about oh, Australia were a lot more ruthless against Scotland than than we were against France. Well, that was a great example of you know ruthlessness and maybe a bit of NRL mentality that. That, that these guys are bringing, bringing to the England team. That, you know, just that second effort that means that rather than France start, you know, France would have been starting a set uh, in a pretty unfortunate position. Instead, <laughs> England have, uh, have got the ball and, uh, and, and are right on their line. So, so yeah, no, I thought I was striking too. You go player. Just to um, finish off the England v France review, gents, I'll start with Reese. Man of the match, Reese. My favourite player, the one player that I thought was a dead certain for the squad, um, number one on the new team sheet every week for me, uh, George Williams. Is yeah. that the? Did you give it to Williams for the summer? Already I gave it well? to Williams and Watkins last week. So yeah. he's out of two. So that, he's got that's one back to back for you then, Williams. Pretty much. Yeah. Andy, man of the match. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Dom Young. Um, not, just the, not, not just for the tries, but yeah, it's it, you know what? It's rare sometimes these days in rugby league. You get a player that when he gets the ball, you're on the edge of your seat, mm. and I think he, he comes under that category. 
So yeah. I'm gonna go Dom Young. Me too. Andrew. Yeah, no, I'm on the let's get the young Dom Young bum bandwagon rolling. Let's yeah. let's, let's get it. Let's get it going. We'll, we'll have a badge tomorrow. Congratulations, <laughs> Dom. Man of the match. Just on the moving on to the TV coverage. Um for the England game yesterday, I think it was Dave Woods, John Kerr, John Wilkin and Kev Brown. Is that right? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with Reese because we kind of spoke about it last week. Reese, do you think yesterday's team is better than Noble and uh, I forgot his name, Jonathan Davis? Davis. Yeah, did you, did, I think did it you was. prefer yesterday's coverage? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I still think the best combo is James Graham and uh, Andrew Voss. I can't remember which game it was. Was it the Was it the Papua New Guinea game? Against Tonga, when it was uh, it was James Graham and Andrew Voss. I can't remember, but I think so. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Mm. It was Tonga, Papua New Guinea, and that was brilliant. Uh, just the commentary, of the game, and everything. Um, but no, I thought it was better. Although there was sound issues again, which made me feel like, oh god, this is just rubbly. And I'm pretty sure they played the wrong anthem for the French, or at least repeated a bit of it because the French players stopped singing and the music was still going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Did you that. notice that? <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure they like they extended the Marseille a bit longer um, mm. for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a really good anthem, so I don't mind that. Mm, um, but yeah, I thought the TV coverage was a bit was in terms of the commentary team. I thought it was better. Um, I really like John Keir actually. I thought he's quite he's quite straight to the point, but he offers a really good opinion. And mm. it's probably one of the first times I've heard him commentate for a while. But, but yeah. Andrew, did you th- what have you made of the BBC's commentary? Do you think that this team yesterday were better than the usual, Ryan Noble and Co? I like I like the visual. I like the way that the I think it looks really big time with them sat there in the in the corner like they yeah, are. It with does. The bread, yeah. I think, uh, and that's important. Um, I would like I, I, I like everyone. You know, individually, I think everyone that that that's on that team contributes. I just wonder if it is a World Cup. It would have been nice if they'd sort of gone for someone. Uh, you know, sort of pushed the boat out, got someone, I don't know, maybe not Phil Gould, but someone mm. old, you know, some someone a bit box office from from Australia oh, that they wouldn't yeah. have. Do you know at the moment they the, the setup is the team sheet for the for the commentary and for the summarizers and the pundits is not massively different from a you know, challenge cup match. Challenge cup game, yeah. yeah. Which, which is fine. You know, which is, you know, uh, and, and like I say, I don't think it's necessarily it's bad, but it would have been nice to. Oh, it'd be great to have Phil Gould over here and poking him with a stick, wouldn't it? You know, or yeah. someone like I'm sure they like could have just like Billy Slater or Sean Johnson, just yeah. someone completely different that you would yeah. never see. Erasmus, bit of a star, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, because Robbie, obviously, Robbie Paul's been on the BBC coverage, uh, you know, for as long as I can remember. So, mm. so just having so that's not saying, right, you have to bin off Robbie, just saying, can you get some? And maybe they will do. Maybe they will do for the quarters and the semis and what have yeah. you. Um, maybe they've got someone up their sleeve, but it would be good to see. Yeah. Have you enjoyed the, uh, the commentary coverage, Andy? I like. I must admit, I like Kev Brown. I think he talks a lot of sense. Yeah, I do. He's, he's <clears> a bit, too. you know, he's a fresher voice. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure how Jonathan Davis is still there. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of the comments. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who makes more ridiculous comments? You know, him or Phil Clark, for example. It's just, it's just a, a toss up, isn't it? I mean, God, I mean, that's a one, poll. That's a Twitter poll, <laughs> isn't it? The other night uh, was it uh, Australia? The other night um, against Scotland, and he said. Oh, this is literally the best half of defence I've ever seen in rugby league. They're playing, they're playing against the championship team. The world champions are playing against a championship team, and it's the best defence you've ever seen. Really? You know, it, I did hear that. I was like, oh, please, Jonathan, stop it. But I agree. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Like uh, what we're just saying there about bringing somebody in, and it'd be great. To have people of experience on the commentary, experience World Cups, experience uh, and winning World Cups. I'm thinking people yeah. like Benji Marshall, someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be great to have someone that's actually played in fi- in a final or you know that sort of thing to just to done it sure. and won it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that'd be you know I think that'd be spectacular. Um, the only the only thing it's not quite 
commentary. We, you mentioned about the start of the games. I'll tell you what is annoying at the start of the games when you're there live is this poetry video that they play. Mm. And it's not the, the video. Thing, the 13 second thing. Yeah, it's the timing of it. Because they do the anthems, they line up, then they, then they get ready, and then they play this video. So all the teams now have started warming up while this video is going on. I was playing the anthems and everything. I don't know why this video can't be played as they come out and then it's yeah. done and then you're off. And it's you're ready with really, yeah. anthems really and then into the game. Yeah. Into the game, yeah. Yeah, not stop for another five minutes to play this video. It's odd. <laughs> I know it's not quite commentary, but it's just like, it's just, it was on my mind. It was just annoying me. <laughs> well, just, just onto the forms for Randy, just ran <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Just keep... Put 50p in him and go. Yeah, exactly. On to the, yeah. the, the kind of TV coverage as a whole, from presenters to... I think I asked on Twitter, I think it was last night, about the, the production side of things. I think it was Laurie from Lorna's View kind of said the BBC have subcontracted it out, like parts of it. Because I, I was kind of watching New Zealand, Jamaica last night, and I thought, there's just bits of it that just don't feel BBC-y. Mm. And... Uh, um, but there's been a couple of sound issues, as, as, as Reese kind of said, and then the issues at the opening ceremony. But I think the standouts in terms of the TV coverage for me, Tanya Arnold, I think, is really, really good. I think she yeah. deserves to do, to do more, to be like, yeah. from, like you know, uh, presenting, anchoring. I've enjoyed Matt Newsom on commentary. Yeah. I think he's been really good. He, he's a bit of a, a, a fresh voice. And I've got written down here, echoing Andy, Kev Brown. I know he's done a lot this year on um, like Premier Sports and things and, and Channel 4, but I, I do like his work. I think he like kind of explains what you're watching in a, in a fresh kind of, in, in terms that kind of pulls you in a little. What have you made of the whole TV coverage, Reese, this past, past week since we last spoke? I think the prop, the, the assessment for me is that have I enjoyed it? And, it's yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not just switching in to watch the games. I'm. I'm listening to the stuff beforehand and after. Whole thing. And yeah. I, I'm. I am enjoying it. And I said, I think the people, the people you mentioned, are exactly bang on. Obviously, Tanya's been doing the Super League show for a yeah. while now, and I think she's brilliant. Uh, I think we'll see Kev Brown getting a promotion to Super League and Sky Sports next year. I don't think we'll see mm. him on Premier Sports, which I think you'll see him on a Sky Sports team next year. Mm. Um, but I, I, yeah, a couple of minor issues, and sometimes I go, "Oh, it's so rugby league for this to happen." It doesn't happen during the <laughs> FA Cup, does it? When it's on TV, or it doesn't happen on anything else. Um, but as a whole, I think it, I think it's been so far, other than a couple of things you mentioned where we think we can prove it. I think it's been a positive. Andrew, what have you made of the whole TV coverage as a whole? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd echo all that. Really enjoyed it. I actually got told off by Tanya Arnold on Twitter the other day. Um, <laughs> you'll be surprised to hear. Not like I'm going to say that. It's not like you. <laughs> but I think slightly, well, I don't know. Maybe you haven't told us what you did yet, Andrew. You're not allowed to move on yet. You've got to tell us what you did. <laughs> it was the issue The issue I, I, I had that I'm not quite sure I, you know, in the end, I, I clearly didn't communicate it right. Um, I think they need to be more aware of what the games are likely to be. So I, I, I still think it was a massive missed opportunity. They should have been flagging up that Tonga PNG is like yeah. likely to be a, a classic because yeah. that was the chat amongst fact. You know, well, you don't have to be a rugby league genius to look at it and go, well, England Samoa obviously is a big game because it's the hosts and the opener. Um, Australia, Fiji, New Zealand, Lebanon, Tonga, PNG is the one of those other three first out, yeah. second seeds that's most likely to be tight. That's most mm -hmm. you know PNG are probably the the best second seeds. You know, given that Samoa seems to have blown up, um, mm -hmm. and and I think they needed to give more of a lead on that, and mm -hmm. and sort of similarly with the with the. The Jamaica game, like Jamaica New Zealand, actually turned out to be one. You know, again, one of the sort of sleeper games of the tournament, provided probably the moment, the single moment of the tournament. Of so the tournament so far, yeah. And actually, part of what made that was Vossi. Like his his commentary, so you know, it's almost like a sort of wrestling sort of WWE sort of thing mm. of sports entertainment that he's looking at and saying, right, if I just commentate on this like a a dry sporting contest, 
then, well, it's over in the first 10 minutes. And I've got 70 minutes to to bore the audience. Whilst mm. actually he got in under the wrinkles of it. He he dug out the um the short kickoff thing that Jamaica yeah. were using <laughs> and 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 then it all built and then he, you know, happy accident, Jamaica get that try in the last minute, and everyone goes home with a sort of feel-good factor, even though it's a 60-point defeat. Defeat. So it's just I don't know, being a bit more so you know, I and, and the thing was actually. I don't even think it's the BBC's responsibility necessarily to do that. I think think it's RLWC 2021's responsibility mm. to be leading on that, picking out the stories that are there within the group games um, and, and, and giving more of a lead to the... You know, some people are going to watch all the games. Some people are going to watch England and nothing else. But there's some people in between who, with a, with a lead, will actually go and... And, and watch Tonga PNG maybe mm-hmm. um, if they knew it's it's likely the game the game of the group stages as it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Andy, what have you made of the whole TV coverage so far? I think I mean the obvious the obvious thing is about it being on terrestrial TV, isn't it? That's, yeah, I mean, that's the obvious yeah. thing, and mm-hmm. that's I think that that's massive for us. Um, I don't. I don't know if anybody else. I, I haven't. I haven't personally. Has anybody else seen the the viewing figures for any any of the games? I haven't seen them. But no, I've not seen anything published yet. Might be something. No. Mm. I have. Yeah, there was. They were. I mean, it was a bit sort of typical rugby league spin that it went in. Um, so a huge viewing figures announced, and it was like one point three million, and and you compare it to the Challenge Cup, and that was. Challenge Cup final, Wigan Huddersfield was like 1.2. I was literally, it was a bit more than the Challenge Cup. Challenge not a lot England more. France or England Samoa? Uh, that was England Samoa, I think. So. Yeah. So, so I, I think you know, don't want to be you know, just <laughs> I'm not not trying to be negative, but just try to be neutral and critical and say what we're seeing here. I I don't think that England Samoa viewing figure was. was I don't know. I don't. I don't see the evidence that it was a. It was a great fillip for the for the game. I, I don't mm. think it was terrible, but I don't think it was amazing. That number will grow though. You get England in the semis, England in the final. Mm. Yeah, that number will be a much bigger, and that's the platform. That's when it gets most competitive, and that's when rugby league will be its best. So, the viewing figures will be high for the most important games. If England win the World Cup, will will we get? Oh, we not about this year, have we? Hmm. No. But if we get anywhere, if we win the World Cup, will we get anywhere near the publicity, for example, that the Lioness has got? Nowhere near. Well, it'll be interesting because mm. England, the Women's Rugby Union World Cup is on right now, and England yeah. women look quite on set to be doing quite well in that. Yeah. So I think the finals are around a similar time. So it'd be interesting if both England teams won what the coverage is like. Right. Um, but no, I don't think they'll get much of the Lionesses, but that's because. It was massive for. Well, it's obviously football's the number one sport, and then also it was massive because it was a, a massive win for the the growth of the game. Yeah, and and I'm not, and that's not a you know, and that's not a criticism of the lionesses in any way. That's just mm-hmm. look, you know, because I remember. I, I mean, I've worked I worked in sport for a long time, and I remember um, I was working for Sport England at the time that rugby uh, the England rugby union team 2003 won the World Cup, and the RFU weren't ready for the amount of people that wanted to play rugby union after that because mm. at the time they didn't think they were going to win it. They thought the better chance was going to come in 2000 and whatever, seven, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. And they thought that was going to be the better chance. And that was what they were gearing a lot of their, their work towards over the next three or four years. And when they won it, it, it took, it, it took the RFU by a little bit by surprise. So, um, but then obviously there was massive publicity on the back of that. And the, the, again, the terrestrial TV helps and things and everybody wanted them to go and play rugby union that summer, didn't they? Mm. So, yeah. you know, how much is the, how much is the BBC coverage if England win the world cup going to have that effect on rugby league? And mm. these are the sort these are the sort of questions that I think that we need to be, that we need to be holding the, the governing body accountable to and asking these questions now on the back yeah. of, on, on the back of these viewing figures. Mm. I agree. I agree. Um, Andy, have you been to a game, Andrew? Have you been to a game yet? Andrew? 
Um, yeah, I was meant to be going up to Newcastle, but right. yeah, family emergency meant I had to give me uh, tickets away. And then I was actually I made it I made it to Yorkshire on Saturday, but uh, yeah, different member of the family. But ended up watching it watch it on uh, watch it on TV with my dad because um, yeah. he couldn't go. Um, so hoping to get to the semi final, which is so I now live basically a, an hour on the train out of London. So mm. that's probably my my best one because then if I do have to go home, I can be home in, in about an hour. You can uh, nip off, yeah. Yeah, the normal ones are a bit beyond me. But mm. but hearing good things, like mm. um like people who've been of well yeah, the the <laughs> the bloke who went with my ticket enjoyed it. So <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, like, I think I think people like for me, um, you know, like so I. It, it's funny. There was only four thousand odd there for um, Keithley, um Fiji, South Africa in '95, mm. and and everyone who was there still talks about it. Like these mm. games are special. They're different to to you know, and it is an amazing opportunity. And it'll be the same for any anyone who was at Hull for New Zealand, Jamaica. Yeah, will never forget that. Like that is, like in in a way that that seventy eight minutes of Jamaica fighting valiantly and conceding tries, conceding tries, just sort of building up potential energy to the point where BJB scores and everyone goes everyone goes mad. And you take that you know take that away for the rest of your life. So yeah, so anyone who can get to the games, you know, I'd, I'd strongly advise. Yeah, do do if you can. Get to them. Andy, you have been to two games, three games? Uh, well, um, bear in mind that the tournament was cancelled for a year. Yeah. I've had my tickets for two years because they had, <laughs> when they had the, the opening, uh, you know, the opening round of tickets. Yeah. So I, I live about an hour away, 45 minutes, an hour away from um, from Lee, St. Helens, Warrington, those, those three grounds, let's mm. say. So at the time, you could have a package where you could get tickets for the three games at each yes. of those rounds. And I got I got all I got three. So I had nine group games there, mm. plus the England ones. And then I got I managed to get three of the quarterfinals, the semi at Ellen Road and the final. So mm. there was there was three of us. And I think for the three of us, uh there was there was two adults and a two adults and a student. Um because uh, one of them's got a one of them's got a student card without an expiry date on, so he's a permanent. Wow. Student. <laughs> and he, how old is he, Andy? Sixty-one. Uh, nearly thirty. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so those those ticket those tickets uh, cost us about seven hundred for those mm. fifty for those fifteen games between three yeah. of us. So we were just over two hundred quid each for the for the for the fifteen for the tournament. Games. Yeah. <laughs> Which is which is pretty good going, really, isn't it? But it's um, I know, and I know we're going to come on to tickets, aren't we? But um, yes. yeah, but I've I've been I've been to a few. So any anything that's been at, at St Helens, uh, Warrington, or Lee so far, then I've managed to I've managed to get to, and I'm going to Tonga, Wales tomorrow night as well, and PNG in the Cook Islands on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, well, because it's like rugby league Christmas, isn't it? Come on, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what have the games been like then, Andy? Obviously, you've been to a few because it's been getting scrutinised from a distance on television because the grounds aren't quite full. What's it been like in in the actual ground? Um, I'd say the atmosphere was polite applause <laughs> rather than. You know, rather than like you know, buzzing type. Even buzzing, even yeah. yesterday, the even England and France was. I, again, I go back to this. Well, we're going to win. Um, yeah. The atmosphere wasn't wasn't great because they've now brought football bands in, haven't they? Um, they were there yesterday at Bolton. I they noticed that. Yeah. They were there with the trombones and the drums, and they said they were going to bring them in to try and liven the atmosphere up. Um, playing Sweet Caroline a few times and things like that. Well, yeah. That always works. We're not sick to back teeth at that. Yeah. No, and um, but. But in terms of the in terms of the games and it's great. I mean, today I went to Lebanon Island this afternoon, uh, and there was two coach loads of Lebanese from London. Wow! 
who would who would come up from and they were I don't know whether it showed him on the TV or anything. There was but there was there was a big section of him and they'd, and they'd come on coaches from London this morning um, to just to support Lebanon. I thought that's fantastic, unbelievable, oh, brilliant, yeah. Yeah. So I think so. I think there's real pluses like that, but that's that sort of thing should be should be known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stunned. I'm the first I've heard of that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, be known. I, yeah. I remember going to a football international at Wembley, like just a friendly England Egypt, mm. and there was a proper away support. Uh, mm. You know, because it's London, so pretty much any nationality in the world, there Isn't are there? Enough people mm. to fill an end. Um, and it made the game, you know, what would have been just a drab friendly. Yeah. You've got a whole ton of people making noise, just just reacting in the opposite way to what the bulk of the home sport are doing. Um, so I think that's got to be, yeah, like whatever they can do. Or if you talk about sort of, you know, I don't know how much money the Kaiser Chiefs cost, but if you can put some time and resolve. Yeah, if you can put some from... to uh, corral together and away support for any England match, um, you know, bulk it up, help them congregate, give them, you know, give them chance to make themselves heard, then you're yeah. going to boost that atmosphere and boost everyone's enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Do you think that? It, do you think it's um, been made into a, a bigger deal than it should be? The kind of empty stadia, Andrew. Do you think? Do we do we look into it too much? You can't you can't tell people to stop feeling something they clearly fit. It's a visceral thing that mm. human beings do. When they look at TV pictures and there's a big swathe of empty plastic seats, it grabs their attention. They're not doing it. You know whether you can be the most hashtag positive rugby league person in the world, mm. it, your eye just goes to it, mm. um, and and that's true for us as committed rugby league fans. And it's certainly true for our mates who perhaps are sort of semi-interested and they look at it and they say to you, oh, no, see, there was no one there at the Rugby League World Cup the other day. <laughs> yeah. We've all had WhatsApps from mates who are semi-interested in Rugby League along those lines. So it's just it's just a bit of a sort of canoe job that they're doing. You see all these sort of tweets from, don't tend, tend to be from RFL or um, RLWC officials tends to be from sort of friendly journos saying, can we please stop talking about it? Yeah. And you're like, well, the the way there is to to plan and say, look, if if we do have these swathes of empty seats, then it will get talked about. So how do we mitigate that the most as possible? How do we, you know, whether it's clever camera angles, whether it's thinking about how you seat people, whether it's planning on how you get those seats filled by any means necessary, um, or you just have to wear it. Like you just have to say, well, that is just some of the noise that's gonna gonna come with the tournament. Um, mm. If if there's really no other way around it, then it's just it just is how people react to seeing that on their TV. We have developed a moan culture amongst us rugby league fans. We do love a moan. There's none of yeah. us are ever happy, are we, about rugby league, super league, yeah. our own teams, or anything. Um, so I just, I just think we're just that entrenched in that culture now, where we just see one little bit. Ingle will win the World Cup final, and there'll be like a little block, a block that's empty, and so someone's going, "Well, that's because they were thirty-five pound them seats." But we've just won the World Cup, yeah, but they were thirty-five pound, and that's not good enough. So we'd find a little bit to moan about. I do. I think they could have been a bit cleverer about the stadium they use. And I think that's why I thought 2013 was immense in terms of the stadiums are chosen, the yeah. filling it and stuff. But I'll find anything to moan about. So yeah, to answer your question, like people are reading too much into it. But that's because we're like a moan. That's what Twitter's for, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, and podcasts. How do you see it, Andy? Do you, do you agree? I get likes. <clears throat> I mean, it's been issued, been strange. I mean, I look at the Coventry where they said it was ten thousand and. Surely they can't be ten thousand in that in that ground. I don't know, but there were no way there were ten thousand in there. That's no, like quoting I'm... Bradford Bulls attendances, isn't it? <laughs> 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 I must admit, right? So, so we've got like I, I mean, we've got like the cheapest seats that we could get like two years ago. Okay, mm -hmm. so we got them packages. What I also know as well, like today, like you go in, you go where your ticket is, and like it's absolutely packed out. So you want so I so you wander up into the eighty quid seats in the middle where there's nobody there, don't you? And just sit down. 
You might as well, aren't you? Oh, no, yeah. one, no one's going to bother, are they? No one's going to challenge you, are they? Because he's got swathes of empty rows. So, if they got all stamps, you said. I'd rather not them be squashed in corner flag like this, you know? <laughs> I've got a game with Bry at the moment with six again. Is a spot the 80 quid seats in the stadium? Yeah, that's where I'm sat. Just look, yeah, look, you, long, just look for that big beard. <laughs> big beard. There's 80 quid seats. Yeah, that's. Yeah, sat really sheepish like that looking round going, yeah. I don't see them. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, they lost Andy. I think Andy's connection's going, yeah. He's going. Uh, do you want to do a rugby league roundup, Reese? Yeah, I'll fly through these. Anything you want to pick out really quickly, just just shout and if you want to comment. But when we recorded New Zealand were playing last week, so when we recorded last week, New Zealand were playing, they ended up being 11 and 34 12. And then the game. game after that was in Group A, which was France playing Greece, 34-12. I thought Greece were great in that game. Yeah, I did. Um, I love the reaction of the fans in Athens. Uh, in the I bar. was about I was to say that. Did you see that day. video? They're coming really? over. Mm. Quite a few of them are coming over. Oh, I lost Reese. Yeah. It's just disappeared. I <laughs> through <laughs> <laughs> the roundup. <laughs> Vanessa's come in and said, that's enough. Pull plug. <laughs> You're not doing well, any more podcasting. <laughs> Australia, Australia won, New Zealand won, England won. Now he's back. Greece, I have no idea what happened there. Um, people coming over from Greece. I think it might be because Jacksonville just got a touchdown. That actually might be what happened. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was that one. And then the games after that, obviously, were in Group D. Which I thought the game of the round potentially was, which was Ponga Papua New Guinea. I thought that was an astonishing game, and I thought they yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, how that try was disallowed. Don't know. Did it change the game to, potentially? They were Papua New Guinea, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. He blew a try in the first half with the winger when he stepped on the line, which was on really the line. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then they had the one that was disallowed, and, and the first try of Tonga's came off a, a, a mile forward. forward. Yeah. So I thought they were quite hard done to, really. But what yeah. a game! You know what the problem is? Papua New Guinea—they play in basically red, amber, and black. They're never going to get a fair crap. Anymore, <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> On that game, though, I mean, obviously that final try was immense. Unbelievable. No prop in the world. No prop in the world has the right to do a kick like Takiyako did. No. Takiyako, I've just said his name really badly. But no prop in the world has a right to do that kick. And not just do that kick, any a kick in general, to execute the perfect grubber kick in that moment was just outrageous. That That's not fair. A, a prop should never be able to do that. Um, and then Group D delivered again then the following night uh, when uh, Wales lost to Cook Islands 12-18, which should have been a draw. Uh, at the end of the game, but Wales. What did you think? Don't gloss over it. What did you think of Wales' performance? I thought they were brilliant. Look at look at Wales' squad. You talk about yeah. Scotland being a championship squad. You, you could argue that Wales is a League One squad. Hmm. Um, you know, but I thought I thought they played really, really. I thought they played brilliant. Um, hmm. And they probably they could have won, should have won. They, they, they lost the fitness with 20 minutes to go and Cook Islands just pounded through the middle with 20 minutes to go. And I think that's where they lost it, unfortunately, at the end. Mm. Um, but I, I was expecting a big loss. So I'm I'm proud of that. Really, really proud of that from yeah. a Welsh perspective. Um, so then the games after that, obviously we had Aussie um, score a couple of tries against Scotland. Just a couple. Yeah, so boring. 15, was it? 15, yeah. I did like so the... I didn't like, I loved the Matt Burton assist to um, Adoka. Yeah. That pass unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. And then probably a bit more of a surprising result for me was to the extent that Fiji beat Italy. Because that was 60 points to six. Or four, sorry. Four, yeah. Hmm. I did that surprise you? Yeah? A bit of a better... I did, I did surprise because I, I was quite impressed with Italy the first game. Um mm. But yeah, Fiji really good in a sixty points to four win, and then after that we had probably the game of the round probably so far in terms of what happened, which was the New Zealand Jamaica game. Which I don't care how many points New Zealand scored, Jamaica were class in that game. I don't, I, I, I love that game. It was just really good fun to watch. I don't know what you guys thought, but I just love how the the Jamaica went. Well, we're not going to beat them playing <laughs> structured rugby league, yeah. so let's just almost play schoolyard bullshit. 
yeah. yeah, and just do short kicks and let's kick on first at some point like they did. On first it, kept, tackle it, and kick. it kept me intrigued. Like, yeah. I always go by when I'm watching sport, am I on my phone? If I'm on my phone, the game's kind of lost me, no matter what sport that is. I wasn't particularly on my phone watching that game. And that was just yeah. due to, you knew Jamaica were going to try something exciting like, almost every time that the ball. And I think Vossi said it in commentary, didn't he? Like, I think he said something like, he wants New Zealand to score again. So Jamaica yeah, can try another. Do a short kick <laughs> I don't know how many they did, and they must have got five or six like successful. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where New Zealand knew it because, you know, you, you can't obviously the penny drops in it, all right, you're doing this. So they knew it was going to happen. And yet these Jamaicans still kept, kept winning the ball back. It must have been pissing yeah. them off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the thing, like the game evolves, doesn't it? Yeah, like the game changes, and hopefully this is like to me a contested kickoff's more interesting than lump mm -hmm. it all the way to the you know just short the dead ball line. Yeah. Um. So I'd love to see it become part, you know, part of the game, um, a bigger part of the game, rather than just being a desperation tactic, losing with three minutes to go. Mm. If people get practiced at it, then you end up getting the ball back more often than not because you got the advantage of running forward, um, chance to bat it back. But then also you've got, well, you might bat it back and actually one of one of the opposition get on it and, and go the length of the field with it. I think, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's funny how, you know, a game that, that everyone had written off might end up being pretty consequential in the long term. Hmm. I could just well, be a good tactic for England because you've got a winger that's six foot bloody seven. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but similar, what's in more now, isn't it? Is the short dropout, hmm. yeah. Um, and I, I heard somebody explain something, I think it was the NRL stuff that, that um, they're confident of defending their own line and we don't want to waste, we don't want to waste energy by charging, coming, yeah, charging it down. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, unfortunately, when they try, when some of the teams are trying it in the World Cup and they're having to start from ten yards, they're not going to keep them out, are they? But, but the mm. tactic itself is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the games from today: um, Lebanon beat Ireland. Obviously, Andy was there today, uh, but that was thirty-two fourteen to Lebanon. I thought Ireland were daft in that game. <laughs> I missed it completely. completely. They, were, they, were, they, they, they went into they went into the match kind of being a bit grubby, and then they got out grubbed. Wow! In the, they just they just didn't have the physicality, and yeah. Um, although apparently there's a bit of history between the two in terms of an article, and there was an article coming the other day. But anyway, Lebanon won that thirty-two fourteen, so that pretty much sets up Group C in terms of who's going through in that. Who's going through? Yeah. Um, and then this evening. Um, some Greece played Samoa, and Samoa won that seventy-two points to four. Yeah, so it sets up potentially a, a big blowout. Uh, Samoa back, time. Samoa back with a bang. <laughs> Maybe they didn't like Willie poaching in the uh, team. Yeah, that was terrible. Did their training ground? Oh, was damn, look at that. There's clearly a big issue. What's the coach called? Matt Parish. Parish. Yeah, there's clearly a, there's a really good article. So if you go on uh, George Clark's George Clark's Twitter yeah. and you search, he wrote it up last year. So if you search his um, Twitter feed for Samoa, um, yeah, it's stunning. I don't understand how this parish been there nine years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like and and it's one of the. This is then the question, is it? I mean, so you've got that with Samoa. The, if you remember, Tonga had to play as a Tonga 13 for a while yes. because mm. of disputes about governance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. Obviously, every every sovereign country's got a right to organise its rugby league as it sees fit. But also, if there is an issue where you know some local version of Ralph Rimmer has got hold of the organization and mm. is and it's not working. Then I don't know when does IRL step in and and help players help you know help help turn turn it round and get some movement there. 
Um, I think it's I think it's too you know Samoa should be a massive contributor to this World Cup, and and all the all the evidence points towards Parish has been a big a big block on that. Mm, agreed. There's two more games left for this round. So you've got Tonga Wales, which is tomorrow uh, at half seven, and then you've got Papua New Guinea, Cook Islands on Tuesday. Are you expecting much from Wales, Reese? Um, we're going to be able to practice our short <laughs> straight from the Jamaica training yeah. book. I'm mean, interested to see what kits people are going to wear because I love how Italy and Scotland both wear blue and they both wore blue this week, and yet Scotland wore was it wore a completely different colour against Australia for some reason. Um, so I'll be interested to see what because Tonga's red and Wales is red, so I'm not sure what kits we've got left there, but. Well, Tong, anyway. Tong, their away kit, and I think it was because they were playing at uh, they were playing at St Helens, and they wore their away kit, which was white with a red V. Mm. <laughs> For the locals, yeah, yeah. So I think it's it might, like, might, the coaches of St not, Helens might find yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Shock. I wonder where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Anything else before we finish up? No. no. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. The PDRL Rugby League World Cup. Oh, of course. Kicked off well today. remembered, Reese. Oh, yeah. Um, the England team, I'm pleased to say, demolished Australia. Um, 58 points to six. Of yeah. An Australia side that contained Adam Hills uh, as well. Excellent. So, <laughs> well um, done. One to the and then in the In the first game, <laughs> in New Zealand versus Wales, it was New Zealand 26, Wales dragon. 28. There you go. So we're well done, Wales. Well done, Wales. New Zealand at Rugby League. <laughs> Get in, lads. Um, yeah, Brilliant. that's it for me. Congratulations to those, Sandy. I've got to start it today. Brilliant. Andrew, thank you very much for coming on. Always Absolutely brilliant to have you on. Andy, thank you very thank much you for coming on. Thank you. Not a problem, as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Sunday to review England, Greece, and the rest of the World Cup. So, see you then. Take care. See you later.